Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Delighted, as always, to spend time with you today. Everything we seem to talk about that comes out of the government is an unraveling, a debunking, a fact-checking of our own, of garbage. And it's garbage by design. There's nothing that I can remember as of late that this government has told us that wasn't a purposeful, deceitful lie. And the reason why they have to do this is because they have to make as much money as possible in the limited time that they are where they are, and they need to have you under their thumb in some capacity because you foot the bill. You and your taxes and all the other nonsense, all the stupid green programs they push on you, all this idea of guns and violence and people hate each other and racism and viruses and blah, 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 blah. it's all garbage. This one, I think, is, is super dangerous, though. The guns kill people. Guns don't kill people. I've never heard of a gun firing itself. Period. And yet, of course, that logical reality is eliminated, carved out of any logical conversation about violence in this country, because the desperate goal is to separate you from your firearms. What is the last thing standing in the way between a tyrannical government and the people it abuses already, but wants to oppress and control in perpetuity? The right to defend yourself, your firearms. And anybody on either side of the aisle who's down with any measure to restrict your constitutionally protected right in these United States to carry a firearm and to use it to defend yourself plays a very dangerous game. You know the police are not coming to help you. What are you going to do? Grab a frying pan? 
right? What are you going to do? When you have a firearm, it's game over. And sadly, Israel now, just what, 48 hours, 72 hours after that horrendous massacre and the murders of how many people? They finally realized that, you know what? We need to give to our citizens the ability to protect themselves. They have among the most strict rules about firearms on planet Earth. I mean, the hoops to go through in Israel, which is why only a fraction of a percent of anybody there goes through those hoops. And so what do you have? You have sitting ducks. And they experienced that in the most horrendous, horrifying way. This article from The Federalist, though, I find very interesting. Israel loosens strict gun laws, gun control laws, to arm as many citizens as possible. Yeah, firearms are an amazingly effective line of defense. Here's your story. After horrific terrorist attacks by Hamas from Gaza, Israel's government made it slightly easier for its citizens to own firearms for self-defense. You remember what Ukraine did? They were handing out firearms to anybody who was around. Whatever the government's got, here is one for you, here's one for you, here's one for you. Regardless of what you think is going on in that conflict. It was move number one. Arm your people. Do you really think people are going to start shooting each other not, you know, indiscriminately? No. Any, any, uh, anytime I hear the government talk about gun control, where I hear Joe Biden talk stupidly about, oh, the deer don't wear Kevlar vests. It's not what it's about, Joe. We all know what it's about. And it's about protecting ourselves from people like you who suck and governments that are corrupt. Because ours is. Here's the story. Israel. The tiny democracy in the Middle East with terrorists along its borders, has more stringent gun control laws than anywhere in the United States. Unlike our Second Amendment, there is no recognition of the right to keep and bear arms. After the horrific terrorist attacks by Hamas from Gaza, Israel's government suddenly made it slightly easier for its citizens to own firearms for self-defense. Hey, American officials, pay attention because we all know what's going on here. We know why you want our guns. And you are not getting them. Israeli Minister of National Security, Itamar Ben-Gavir, announced Sunday in Hebrew an emergency declaration that will allow as many citizens as possible to arm themselves. Currently, a mere 1.5% of the civilian population there has a license to own a gun. Sitting docks. Ben-Gavir's emergency policies for the firearm licensing department went into effect in 24 hours after the massacre. The laws that require proving a need to own and carry a gun have not changed. However, those eligible to apply for a license under the self-defense test can now do the required interview on the phone instead of in person. I want you to hear how crazy this is. The hoops that people have to go through in Israel to protect themselves. People in Israel who are in the crosshairs of what? So here's what happens. 
The applicant will be approved for the license within a week under this new order. While a citizen can still purchase only one handgun, the limit on rounds of ammunition has been increased from 50 to 100. Who cares if you have 50,000? This is what this is what's going on in other places that they want to have happen here. According to the minister, 4,000 citizens who applied for a conditional permit in 2023 but let the license expire before using it can now purchase a firearm. Another 1,800 people in the past six months who returned their guns to the government for not taking a training renewal course can get their weapons back. This is how hardcore they they make it, right? The narrow eligibility criteria for Israelis to apply for a gun license remain the same as before the attack. This is what they have to do. You're eligible to apply only if you live or work in the settlement areas or are employed in professions that use guns like security guards, police officers or firefighters. Firefighters use guns. Active duty military, military veterans of a certain rank and special forces can also apply. So mom and dad down the street, if they don't fit those criteria, you're still sitting ducks. Wake up. When applying, an individual must provide references. References, like a college application. I do hereby declare, right? References, proof of residency for three years and meet the minimum age requirement based on military service and residency. Applicants must also approve, prove a basic knowledge of Hebrew and provide a health declaration from a doctor. What does this have to do with anything? The person must pass the interview, an interview. You're going to sit down and be interviewed to see whether or not you can carry a gun to protect yourself. Wow. There's a licensing fee. Then you've got to buy the gun. And then you have to attend four and a half hours of training at a shooting range. (sighs) Applicants can meet all these requirements, but still be denied based on criminal convictions, drug use, or certain mental health conditions. Got it. An Israeli who no longer meets all the eligibility requirements must notify the firearm licensing department and deposit their firearm and license at a police station within 72 hours. The complex application process may explain why only 140,000 of the 9 million Israelis have a permit. Now, how many of the people whose doors were kicked in, how many of the people who watched their loved ones be raped and then killed before they were tortured and killed might have had a fighting chance. Do you think the young man and woman, 30-year-olds, and I just read their story before we went on the air today, the parents of twin infants who they put in their bomb shelter I guess they've got some bomb shelter underneath the house or whatever and put their babies in there to save their lives as they went upstairs and had their doors kicked in and were murdered in their living room. And the babies were found 12 hours later by their grandmother who had survived. Do you think that maybe we need a great awakening in this world? I'm going to go with yes. Maybe 
just maybe Israel will want to rethink this. Who knows? Do not go anywhere. On the flip side of this commercial break, remember Sonny Hostin? Sonny Hostin said when Jim Jordan threw his hat in the ring to become speaker, that she had an experience with him during congressional testimony and he terrorized her. It was awful. Well, there's a little fact check on that. Wah, wah. We're going to debunk that for you guys because that's what we do on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You can always spot a liberal. We could spot Sonny Hostin a mile away when Jim Jordan came out as the front runner candidate to replace Kevin McCarthy, who sucks. And of course, the knives were going to come out. Anything to derail that. We don't want a, a constitutionalist. We don't want a conservative in that position, of course. So the liberals. And so the knives were out. And she said something that was very interesting that caught our attention. Because she alleges that she testified before Jim Jordan and the House Judiciary Committee a couple years ago. And they were specifically talking about cameras in the courtroom. That is why she was there. And this is what she said about being terrorized. I'm going to say Israelis were terrorized. I'm not going to say that sitting in congressional testimony is terror. But this is what she said. I testified in front of Congress about something so simple, cameras in courtrooms. He came in late. He looked disheveled. And he immediately was screaming and yelling and terrorized me and the other experts on the panel. Factually incorrect. He came in late. Well, there's C-SPAN video of it, and we listened to it, and we watched it. And unfortunately, Hank Johnson, the dumbest, singularly dumbest member of Congress, is apparently ahead of this individual hearing. So this is going to be his committee. He's all, you know, excited to be in charge. He's got the gavel. He's going to use it. So in his line of questioning, talking to Jeremy, to- is it Jeffrey or Jeremy? It's Je- Jeffrey. Jeffrey Tubin, who was masturbating on a Zoom call with colleagues. Ew. Okay. Sounds normal. Just this is what we all do. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I sometimes can't wait. Ew! Sometimes I join the chat early. Sometimes I do that. Not. So he's sitting next to Sonny Hostin. For some reason, she's going to be a panelist on this committee. And so we listened to the entire five minutes. You've heard enough of, of us dissecting these hearings. They get five minutes to present their case, right? So you have five minutes to ask questions as a member of Congress. And Jim Jordan is asking something to which... Hank Johnson interrupts, I kid you not, three or four times and totally derails Jim Jordan's ability to ask any questions of the panel. Not once did Jim Jordan ask a question or speak to Sonny Hostin. It did not happen. So are we at all surprised by any of this? Of course not. You've got to be a victim You've got to play some emotional card when you know your team is losing. Sonny represents the Democrat Party, hook, line, and sinker. She'll do whatever she needs to do to foment garbage about Donald Trump or the Republican Party or anything in that vein. She will stoop so low as to lie about a a very honorable, I believe, trustworthy and strong leader in Congress. Jim Jordan. And I hope that 
what is it, tomorrow that they vote on this? I hope that tomorrow that he's the dude that is the new speaker. This is a profile in liberalism. And you can spot it a mile away. She feigns fear. She looks around. And she kind of hyperspaces into a dreamscape where she remembers the trauma of a disheveled Jim Jordan. He came in late and he started shouting and he was yelling and we were terrorized on this panel. He asked Jeffrey Tubin questions. (laughs) To which Hank Johnson interrupted the entire time. You suck, Sonny. You are a miserable, wretched liar. And you and your other cackling cohorts on The View give most women a bad name. You lie, and you lie regularly, and you spread hate, and ABC allows you to do it. If you can spot it, if you can see it, if you can see it coming a mile away, that helps in all of this. And I'm pretty sure all of us paying attention could see that a mile away. Now, we have a very intriguing closing segment that I want to kind of teaser, beezer for you. And I'm going to say this. I am profoundly grateful that Elon Musk purchased Twitter. If Elon Musk had not dropped 40-odd billion dollars on that social media giant, we never would know almost everything that we know today because it was all censored and silenced and squelched. People were not allowed to share things freely. Views were not shared independently. There was bias. And what we're getting out of Twitter and other social media regarding Israel is so, so important. A mother's horror story German internet sleuths ID one of the Hamas terrorists who I told you about at the beginning of the program. This is a powerful story and we'll share it with you next. One of my guilty pleasures if I ever have time to just sit down and turn on the television, which I almost never do anymore, If I'm going to watch a program, and it's not Castle reruns, (laughs) I watch that Life Below Zero, that show where they have these people who relocate or move to like 17 miles south of the Arctic Circle or whatever. And there are all these various areas, and each one has a different story, but every single one of them is off the grid. They have a chunk of land somewhere in Alaska. The conditions are absolutely punishing. And they go it alone. And some of the people, there's one gal, she's got to be in her 60s. Her name is Sue. Watch her trying to raise chickens so that she has fresh eggs and meat during the winter months. Another guy raises like bobsled dogs or whatever. And so it talks about the efforts he goes through to make sure he has enough meat for his dogs during the the just bitter cold temperatures. Things go wrong in their worlds, right? The weather is punishing. 
the circumstances are are always dangerous. You've got wild bears, you've got animals all over the place. All of this, it's a threat. Every single day is a true victory where they survive. And they know, based on the time of year, how long they have sunlight-wise or in-the-season-wise to trap enough beaver or catch enough you know, salmon or to shoot that the caribou or whatever the, the animal is that they're looking to, to be able to field dress and take back and save for the entirety of their winter. I find it so alluring. Would I ever want to do it? I sort of, but I'm too much of a girl and I'd be a baby about it. I don't like being cold, factual, actual. But I so enjoy watching this and I romanticize and fantasize about just turning it all off. They don't have a radio. They don't have television. There is no cell phone connection. They're literally on their own. Scary. Oh, my heavens. But they don't hear what we hear. And there's a shutoff valve that is very appetizing to me, particularly when it comes to stories like this. This whole idea of social media through Twitter helping identify savage, murderous thugs. It gives me hope, but it hurts my heart to see this. But it's important that we talk about it. It's a story I stumbled upon on the Gateway Pundit this morning, and it wasn't even on the top. It was like down in the bottom of, of the pages. And here's the story. German internet sleuths identify one of Hamas terrorists who murdered 30-year-old German-Israeli Shani Luke. And this is the young lady I was telling you about at the beginning of the show. One of the Hamas tourists suspected of killing the 30-year-old German-Israeli tourist Shani Luke has repeated, reportedly rather been identified. How is this even possible? How remote is this, right? It's not off-grid, though. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, the woman whose body was seen on video in the back of a truck on Saturday, driven by Palestinian terrorists to Gaza, has been identified as 30-year-old Shani Luke, a German citizen visiting Israel. She was attending the music festival held near the Gaza border fence when she was murdered by Hamas terrorists. At least 260 young people who were slaughtered at the dance party near Kibbutz Urim in southern Israel. I probably botched that, I beg your pardon. Shani Hook's body lay lifeless in the back of a pickup truck after Hamas raided southern Israel Saturday. Palestinians were filmed chanting, Allo Akbar, Akbar, you know what I'm saying, God is good, as they drove down the streets of Gaza. The mother of Shani Luke issued a statement still hoping her daughter was alive. She verified that she had recognized her daughter in the footage and appealed to the public for additional information. She says they sent us one video, Hamas militants had sent us one video where I could clearly recognize our daughter unconscious 
in the car with the Palestinians. Now, the terrorist in question, this is amazing. The terrorist in question who is seen in the video is allegedly Mahmoud Aburila, whose identity was revealed by German netizens. So they go online and they sleuth their way through all sorts of things to pinpoint who this guy is. And the only picture they have of him is this disgusting image. His ball cap is down, but you can see his face, you can see his beard, and you can see the 30-year-old's lifeless body below him. Central and Eastern European media outlet Visegrad 24 or Visegrad, it depends on how you look at it, that's probably how it is, reported that this guy, Abergila, was identified through several photos uploaded to his Google Photos account. In the photo, he's seen wearing the same clothing, including a polo shirt, trousers, and sandals that matches the outfit he was wearing in the disturbing video where he's seen holding Shani Luke's hair in the truck. Furthermore... Most of the photos on his Google account have location tags indicating that they were taken only 15 kilometers away from the site of the attack on that young 30-year-old woman. In a picture dated from August 22nd, he was wearing the same polo shirt on Shani, as Shawnee's murderer from the pickup truck video, according to the media outlet. This is, it's truly amazing. So, Think back about why they didn't want Elon Musk to buy Twitter. Why they wanted a disinformation czar and board. Why so many FBI and CIA agents had failed into that revolving door into Google and into Twitter and into Facebook and how many still are there. These stories that we're able to tell you, as despicable and heartbreaking as they are, and I cannot fathom what that mom feels like now, because she'll never get her daughter's body. And for the rest of her life, she will replay the last time they spoke the last hug she got, the last everything. Had it not been for Elon Musk, seriously, these, do you think Jack Dorsey would have ever let these images come out? Do you think we would have even remotely the kind of access to the instant information that we have now? We would not. Look, as much as I fantasize about wanting to go away and escape and live by myself remotely on the land, if I even knew how to do half of the things that those people in Life Below Zero on TV do, would it be better? We wouldn't have these stories to share with you. I wouldn't know them. But ladies and gentlemen, I think it is undeniable that we have a very serious evil in this world. And it scares the liver out of me that a lot of it 
is generated from here in the United States. And I believe that it's in the highest echelons of our political government apparatus. And it's used funding by us, our money. How do you get that back? How do you stop those? How do you stop those ridiculous sprees of spending? How do you return the money to we the people? How do we focus on issues that matter to us? How do we protect our border? How do we rise up against the cartels? How do we root out the governors and the attorneys general and the secretaries of state who are part of not just election schemes, but who get kickbacks for turning the other way and allowing children to be turned into chattel because that's what's going on in our country do you want to know about it i don't want to talk about it i don't want to believe in that where else do you think these three hundred and eighty thousand foreign unaccompanied migrant children have gone into the loving arms of someone somewhere who just couldn't wait to have them I'd love that fantasy as much as I'd love life below zero. But that's not what's going on. That's why they want your guns. That's why they want control of the media. That's why they want to push things that make you addicted. That's why they want to brainwash you with propaganda. That's why the media are in bed with them. That's where it all is. And that is why programs like this are so important because we believe that you need to know. You know who knows? The Rock. You guys see the Dwayne Johnson video? Apparently The Rock realizes he probably shouldn't have gone on with his hand with Oprah saying, hey, all of you people out there who've lost everything, why don't you chip in a few bucks? You know, you folks living paycheck to paycheck. Love to have you give a few bucks to this Maui fire relief fund. By the way, I just sent our I sent our Lahaina friend, Phil Smith. I asked him a question. Has anybody gotten any of that rock and Oprah money? I got the answer for you. And the story next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So you remember the video, The Rock and Oprah standing there, his hand on her shoulder. They look very nice, right? Unfazed by the fires because it didn't affect them and their property, oddly enough. Saying, we're so excited. We're going to launch this thing. We're going to raise $100 million and we're going to give this money to all of the people who've lost so much. Because it's people helping people. And by golly, we need your help. Won't you give to our fund and people were like what you have two individuals whose collective net worth is over two billion dollars and i think that's probably low because the rock i believe is worth something like 800 million and you've got oprah who's god knows how wealthy look i'm all for capitalism i'm all for people doing well that's great but talk about disconnect imploring everyday average people in this country who are living how many living paycheck to paycheck how many who say if a $600 expense came their way they wouldn't know what they would do with it 
They don't have the money for it. Interest out of control. Payments out of control. People maxing out credit cards. Please give to our fund, even though we're billionaires or collectively so, right? So we were intrigued when apparently uh, The Rock got enough blowback from his 384 million followers on social media. And he decided to put a video up saying, you know what, my bad. It was tone deaf. Probably wasn't the right thing to say. Wasn't Oprah, of course, mind you, she's doubled down. She went on CBS this morning with her BFF, Gail, and came out and was almost militantly frustrated about it. Look, we wanted to do something that was a really big deal, and then all of a sudden people didn't like us for it, and screw them, we're going to do it anyway. No, you don't get it, Oprah. You do shows or did on the million-dollar makeover of your bungalow that your hairdresser did for you. And you think that you're connected with the people. Sadly, you're not. So The Rock has come out, and he says, you know what, please forgive me. Probably wasn't the right message. I don't know if this is the right message, but I wanted you to hear it so you could think about it. Go ahead. Uh, There was some backlash that came with launching the fund, and I want to address and acknowledge that backlash right now. And here's what I have to say about that. I get it, and I completely understand. And I could have been better. And next time I will be better. And I understand, you know, money ain't falling out of the sky, and it's not growing on trees. And there's a lot of people out there who's living paycheck to paycheck. And I get it, and I know what that's like. I've lived paycheck to paycheck. Seven bucks, I know. I know what that's like. And when you are living paycheck to paycheck, I don't want to speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself. But I feel it's connected. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, I was easily pissed off and I was frustrated. And the last thing you want to hear when you are living paycheck to paycheck is someone asking you for money. Especially when the person asking you for money already has a lot of money. So I get it. I understand. I'd never launched a fund before, uh, but I'm a quick study and lesson learned. How does that sit with you? Do, you? do you feel like he gets it or does he did he take a hit on his social media followers and he's like, well, dang, I have to I have to do something now. I, I think I think he meant it. I think it's still a little tone deaf. Like, I think that he thinks that people care and realistically. People don't ultimately care with it. They'll, they'll give him blowback, but he's not he's a liberal, so, so he doesn't is, get true blowback. Beyond that, the beginning of his video, he says, you know what, we're super excited because we started giving out the money. People are getting this life-changing money. They need this money. We're so excited to be a part of it. So I ask our friend, who I say, and I and I protect his, his identity, because the knives are out in Hawaii, for anybody who should post anything negative of the government, I asked him, I said, hey, has any of the the money from the fire relief fund that The Rock and Oprah put together, they say it's gone out and people are are experiencing life-changing results. His response, no. I don't know anyone who has received it yet. People who are being evicted by the Red Cross right now are actually losing all of their benefits. Little disconnect going on there. Disgusting. In keeping with your government. They don't care about you. They don't care about your home. They don't care about your family. They don't care if you've been gunned down in Israel. They don't care if you've been kidnapped. But they do care about Iran. 
They do care about giving Palestine $200 million in the closing hours of the Obama administration, in addition to the other billions they have given, of course. And they do care about funding an endless war in Ukraine, for which there are no receipts. We get no information. We get nothing except the bill. So I believe it is either today or tomorrow we're going to be choosing a new Speaker of the House, ladies and gentlemen. I believe it's they talk about it today. They do their high school speeches, their election speeches today, right? As our friend Tim Burchett from Tennessee said. But I want to leave you with this. What what is the prevailing feeling among the GOP out there? A new CBS News YouGov poll released Sunday shows 59 percent of Republican voters say the next House speaker should be loyal to Donald Trump. Fifty nine percent of Republican voters and 72 percent say the speaker should support the Biden impeachment probe. In addition, 58 percent said the next speaker should be open to compromising with Democrats. Look, Congress is all about compromise. But it's not about a uniparty lying to the American people, robbing future generations blind, giving our money to other governments that suck, funding terror, and not protecting its own borders or its own people. Whatever happens, whomever is selected, get to freaking work. Enough days off. All right. I feel better now. You guys feel better? It was like therapy. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Remember, get our app, Wendy Bell Radio Network. We got a new app dropping soon. We'll keep you posted. See you at same time, same place tomorrow. Peace.